Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. This guy's being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Dak Prescott and Carl Edwards, your host here on the show. And it's good to be back for the Tuesday Takes On Takes edition of the show. My favorite episode of the week where we spend time reacting to your hottest college football, NFL, and NFL draft takes. Thank you to those who sent them in. And we are going to roast you if your takes were bad. Kyle, uh, excuse me, Carl, welcome to the show. Yeah, please pronounce it right. Yeah. C-A-R-L, not K-Y-L-E. Um, you know, Arby's has that commercial where they say, we have the meats. Yeah. We have the takes. Oh. Here on Takes on Takes Tuesday on the Draft Dudes. And we got a good list. Joe, this is, you know, Arby has roast beef, right? Yeah. Roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. We have a beefy slate of takes. There are a lot of takes this week. I am super proud of the dudes and dudettes that have filed takes on takes throughout the course of the week because this was the request, right? Leave us your takes throughout the week. Let us tackle them on the show. We have like 10 takes. Yeah, I think good. maybe four or five of them are from people who sent them in throughout the week scattered. So thank you to those people and do it again. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Without further ado. Yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah, I'm going to tee off with Caleb's take of Nick Saban could go to Kansas and make them a powerhouse, Joe. Let me know what you're thinking on this. Well, it's funny what three weeks ago we were talking about Kansas needing to disband the football program after losing to Nichols, Street, uh, Nichols right? And now they're on a two-game winning streak, and we have to accept the fact that they may never lose again. Uh, so, yeah, Nick Saban, Kansas, powerhouse. Well, look at what he what he did with Alabama. Wasn't a powerhouse before he got there. I mean, it was historically, but it was a pretty dark era of Alabama football. And here we are. It's the most prestigious college football program in the world. Uh, I think the age thing may be an issue for Nick and turning around a program like Kansas. But I'm not going to put it against him. It's not like Alabama is like a super desirable place to go. You know, so like I'm not worried about like the geography coming into play in terms of luring in these 17, 18 year old. Uh, teenagers to come play. I believe in Nick Saban. I believe in his fundamentals. I, I know that he knows how to build a program. And um, I mean, yeah, I'm good here. I, I think this is true. Yeah. Uh, college is so much just about the coach, mm-hmm. right? And the culture of the program. And that's so much more transferable, I think, at the college level. So, uh, Winning breeds revenue. Revenue breeds better facilities. Better facilities breeds more interest in prospects. But at the end of the day, if you've got a good coach at the college level, you're going to stand out relative to your peers. So I believe Nick Saban, you know, if we're not factoring in his age here, Joe, as you said, I think Nick Saban could go to Kansas and make them a highly competitive football program. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Dalton, Dalton Miller, good friend of ours here. He says – the NFC East has three of the top seven defenses in the entire NFL. 
Dallas defense allowing 12 points per game in the last 10 games dating back. Eagles defense is obviously great, and the Redskins haven't played against an NFL team yet, but have a stacked defensive line. Kyle, does the NFC East have three of the top seven defenses in the NFL? All right, so listen, Dalton gave us a very arbitrary number here, right? Seven. Yeah. Three of the top seven. So, Joe, I want your help here instead of me just kind of working through this on my own. Who are the top? Who are the the other four teams that he's alluding to? You got Minnesota, right? Yeah, Minnesota for you sure. Got Jacksonville, right? Oh, it should be, yeah. Who are the other? Um, who else? Atlanta. Up? I mean, with Neil and Jones healthy, you certainly bring yeah. Atlanta into this. Yeah. The Rams, Denver. The Rams, I think, is definitely. So here's the deal: if we could pick one more team, then no. Well, I, I mean, I'm not buying Washington. I'll tell you that. Okay, so you're automatically out. Yeah, because I'm eliminating Washington as a top seven defense. I think you could take Baltimore. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a great So, game. I mean, uh, Dalton, I'm out, man. Yeah. You know, I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt and give you the three and then work down from there, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> we tried. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. So, Andy... Joe, this is a great take. I can't. I'm really interested in what you're going to say here. I would rather have Blake Bortles than Eli Manning. Hashtag takes on takes. Joe, I'm keeping my mouth shut. The floor is yours. Man, this is a crazy one, right? Because we're coming off this situation here where Blake Bortles looked friggin' good against the Patriots, and you know, Eli eh, not so good against Dallas on uh, Sunday Night Football. Um. For once, I mean, there's implications here for one season, for the long haul. Not that I'm trying to talk myself into, like, uh, getting out of this. I, I don't know. I, uh, Kyle, this is, t- <laughs> this is tough. Give me Eli. <laughs> Give me Eli. Uh, Eli's a two-time winning Super Bowl winning quarterback. I know that's not what he is right now. Uh, there's some know-how. There's some, there's some know-how that really matters when it comes to quarterback play in the NFL. I think a lot of times we like to dog on these guys like Eli Manning, like Alex Smith. Those guys are serviceable NFL starters. Blake Bortles, he played really well against the Patriots. But I have to look at what he's been and some of the limitations that he's caused to that team and say, I'm not going to sit here and say that Jacksonville's got their quarterback. Uh, So give me the guy that I'm a little more comfortable with. I'm going Eli here. Yeah, this is a complicated question, right? Because it's like you could point to the longevity, but at the same time, like long-term Blake Bortles isn't a good thing. No. No, that's a bad thing. But at the end of the day, if I was going to take a guy right now to play one game for me, I don't trust what Eli Manning is these days. And for that reason, to borrow a quote from Shark Tank, I'm out. I'll take Blake (laughs) Bortles in a one-game scenario here. I, I just... Eli has not looked like himself and like that two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback for quite a while. I think I saw a stat. Uh, it was like Rodgers' career versus Eli Manning's last five years of interceptions, and Eli has more in five years than Rodgers has in his entire career. Mm. So, um, Hey, my favorite thing believe- you said there, though, was like, even if you pick Blake Bortles, if you pick, if you pick Eli, you have an out, right? Like, you can replace him. If, if we're talking about a hypothetical scenario where this is a long-term thing, Eli's going to be done eventually here. 
You know, you, you, you uh, he the, better be done. The Giants could draft games. a quarterback this coming draft, and nobody would think twice about it. They should draft one. They should have drafted one last one last year potentially. So I like it for both short and long term. I'm more convinced than ever, I'd, ever that I'd rather have Eli. All right, so I got to serve one up to you here, right? Yeah. All right, this is fun. Nick, he says, Josh Gordon, New England Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon should ask Tom Brady for number 12. I thought Nick, I thought, I thought Josh Gordon was off the drugs. (laughs) It's the only way you ask Tom Brady for number 12, right? I'm out. You, you can't you, you can't even ask Tom Brady to like switch lockers with you. Like it's Tom Brady, you know. So for me, if I'm coming into that locker room, I'm asking Tom, "What can I do for you, man?" Because <laughs> if you're in with Tom, you've got that job security, you know. Yeah, Josh will be fine in a different number. Yeah, I think he'll be all right though. What so? What number should he wear? Kyle, I'm a, I'm a purist when it comes to the wide receiver position. They got to be in the 80s, 81, 83. So hold on, my producer's going to pull up what the wide receiver group. They're all young. The, I mean, uh, the, they're all what the Patriots roster has available right now. Oh, it's going to be all the 80s. The receivers these days, they all wear numbers in the teens. All right, so Dwayne Allen has 83. All right, here you go. I'm going to read you the wide receiver eligible numbers that are available for Josh Gordon. You tell me which one they take. Which one he should take or which one he will take? Which which one he should take. Okay. 10 is available. 16 and 17 and 19 are available. Uh, 80, 81, 82, 85, 86. 88 and 89 are available. I think you should take anything in the eights. Uh, I like uh, Give me a number, damn it. Is, is 81 available? You said it was. Yeah, I know, but like is Randy Moss like, is that like... No, I don't even remember. Kosher? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's fine. It's fine. He can do that. He's going to pick 10. That's my prediction. Give me 88. Too big. That's two big numbers like that. Like circular so round. He's a big boy. That's perfect. He's a big dude. 81. Jad has a take. It's Jad, right? You didn't give me a typo here? No, that's it, Jad. I just make sure I'm respecting the man's take because he's respecting me with his take. (laughs) Brian Lewerke, first round. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, Brian Brian Lewerke's going in the first round. You see these quarterbacks are going in the first round these days? He's going in the first round. He deserves to go in the first round. He's got first-round traits. That's what first-round quarterbacks do. So I don't know if he's going to declare and come out this year or next year, but in either case, he's going to be a first-round pick. I'm in. That's all I need to say. Right. I've been banging on the worky drum since, like, freaking July. It's true. So you can count me in on the first-round train here for the worky. It's true. All right, Cal, this one comes from Blake. The Chiefs. Offense is the best decade. Excuse me. The Chiefs offense is the best of the decade of the 2010s. This offense, the Chiefs, the best one we've seen since 2010. You in? Mm. I mean, those Patriots juggernauts were <laughs> late 2000s, right? 
Like 07 was the year they went 16 and 0. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I can remember anybody that at least on paper, right? You're going to yell at you're going to yell at me because I'm I'm not factoring in the regression to the mean with uh, Mayday Mahomes. That's you. You're the regression to the mean guy. But if I look at the skill set of the skill players, these guys are locked and loaded. I still might go with the Packers with Rodgers when they had like young Jordy and Randall Cobb when he was healthy. And they had another guy, didn't they? Oh, Eddie, another receiver Eddie Lacy for like two years, he was okay. Oh, before the China food got him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll go with the established record of like what the Packers were for those couple of years. Yeah, two games of the Chiefs is, I mean, look, it's a, doing some special things right now, but like. That's bold, man. Like, let's let's uh, let's see what happens here. Let's see the you know. There's going to be more tape. So, who's your who's your rebuttal? Um, the 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 Broncos with Peyton. Oh yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, because they had they had Demarius, Eric Decker, um, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, that was the best offense of the of the decade. That that was the uh, the Julius Thomas year. Right? Oh yeah, you couldn't be stopped. Julius Thomas came out like Orange thirteen crush, touchdown baby. passes. Yeah, it's the best. That's the best offense. Running around like he's got a two by four up his ass. Somehow caught thirteen touchdowns or whatever it was. It was crazy. That's, that's Dolphins. Julius Thomas. They were destined. They, like they wanted him more than anything in the world was get Julius Thomas, and then he was turd. Yeah, he all was right. bad for all all yeah. twenty games he played. Uh, so, Joe, I'm I'm up with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Logan, Arizona State wins the Pac-12 but misses the playoffs, and Manny Wilkins Jr. shows enough to be a day-two draft pick. This is a bold take, Joe. Yeah, neither of those are true, Logan. My man, uh, Arizona State not winning the Pac-12. Uh, they might, they're probably not playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Manny Wilkins being a, a draft day-two pick? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I know quarterbacks tend to get overdrafted. But uh, I'm, I'm not seeing anything from him that screams, you know, top 100 type player. So uh, I'm out on both of these. Uh, no, Manny Wilkins. I don't see uh, Wilkins getting drafted. And, Joe, as you said, Arizona State, they've still got an uphill climb, even though they, they came out strong this year. They just dropped, dropped the game to who? San Diego State? Yeah. Uh, they're going to have their hands full. All right. Let's see here. Kyle, Jake has one for you here. He says Notre Dame has a top three to five linebacker duo in the country with Coney and the wildly underrated Drew Tranquil. What do you got? Yeah, I like Drew Tranquil. Uh, Coney is a nice physical football player. Uh, I think he's got a niche at the next level. Uh, But I don't necessarily think if you're looking for top three to five pairs of linebackers, Top three is definitely rich, but um, they're top ten pairing. How's that? I just I, I don't know what kind of athleticism you're going to get from either one of those guys that would really set them apart. Okay, so a top ten yeah. duo, but not a top five. All right, top ten, but not top five. Okay. It's a bit rich for me. Okay, we got a take here from Charlie. 
is Hunter Renfro, the new Julian Edelman slash white boy supreme. You as a Hunter Renfro homer, I know you will appreciate this take. <laughs> I like Hunter Renfro. Uh, I did a piece on him like, last week for uh, TDN. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's exactly what he's like, Julian Edelman. I mean, ridiculous hands, Kyle. He's got some of the best hands I've ever seen. This guy doesn't drop anything, and he doesn't necessarily catch accurate footballs. He extends in every direction for it. He's a super crisp route runner. He is the definition of your white wide receiver, future Patriot type player. Now, I think Julian Edelman has been really lucky to play with Tom Brady because if he never played with Tom Brady – I don't think we talk about Julian Edelman at all, right? Not physically gifted really in any way, shape, or form. Just is on the same page with Tom Brady. Option routes against linebackers all day long and, and for seven yards and some yak every single time. Can Hunter Renfro do the same things Julian Edelman can? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so Renfro's situation will play heavily into his success because at the end of the day, he's 5'10", 180 pounds, and he doesn't have much long speed. But if you can fit him into a role like Julian Edelman with a quarterback that will work with the timing and chemistry that Brady and Edelman do, yeah, absolutely. I think Hunter Renfro has that type of upside. Do you have any takes on that, Kyle? Or are you good here? I'm good here. Right. Uh, from the skill, the skill, if Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin running back, was eligible for the upcoming draft, he would be the first running back off the board. My take here is emphatically, yes. I think Taylor is a really, really nice blend of traits, especially when you consider Rodney Anderson is probably not going to be coming out of Oklahoma with the knee injury that mm-hmm. he suffered. Your candidates for RB1 right now are what probably Damian Harris, David, uh, David Montgomery, that's about it. I mean, that, I mean, that's right now. That's looking like the top of the running back class. Yeah. So all of these bums and haters in my mentions talking about how Saquon Barkley was this terrible draft pick, and oh my god, I can't believe I'm having to defend Saquon Barkley and my draft assessment of Saquon Barkley after two games, Joe. You could have had Philip Lindsay as an undrafted free agent, Kyle. Yeah, I know. But I don't care who you're running behind that offensive line. You know, we we wanted to give the Giants credit for signing Nate Solder and drafting Will Hernandez, and the offensive line's been bad. And I get that there's some gelling that needs to take place here. And at the end of the day, you've got uh, five new starters at five different positions from last year. Uh, they cut John Jerry. Flower was, was is starting at right tackle, was on the left-hand side. They lost Weston Richburg in free agency to the San Francisco 49ers. They drafted Will Hernandez, and they signed Nate Solder from New England. So this thing's got to simmer a little bit, and I like how I've just turned this question about Jonathan Taylor into talking about Saquon Barkley, but it had me fired up that I had to defend a grade, a draft grade and assessment on Saquon Barkley after two games when uh, it's pretty apparent he's capable of making a lot of really exciting plays happen, and this offense is just not humming right now. But, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I think, could do a lot of good things. I don't think he's anywhere near as dynamic as what Saquon Barkley was, but 
the running back landscape for 2019 right now is pretty barren. And I would take my odds with Taylor over the rest of the names available on the list. I'm with you. Joe, that's going to wrap up takes on takes today. We hope you guys enjoyed us digging into your takes. We did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten takes from the people. We are the people's champion draft show. We love interacting with you guys, so make sure you continue to do so. We've had a great uptick in our interactions. That's the start of the college and pro seasons have really gotten underway, and we cordially invite you to continue to do so. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram at the Draft Network. Uh, Joe is on Twitter at the Joe Marino. I'm on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. And we'll be back again tomorrow with Scout versus Scout, where we yell at each other instead of yelling at you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and come back and listen along. I'm Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks so much for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.